Welcome to episode 30 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Jim Jordan was born in 1896 in Peoria, Illinois, and started his career on the vaudeville circuit, both as a solo act and later with his wife Marion, who he married in 1918. They got their first break in 1924 when they landed a gig on the radio show The O'Henry Twins in Chicago. From 1931 to 1935, they performed on the show Smack Out, Then in 1935, they created Fibber, McGee, and Molly, which went on to become one of the longest-running and most successful comedy radio shows in history. The show transferred to television in 1959, but for unexplained reasons, none of the radio show's writers or cast were asked to be a part of it. It was a complete failure and lasted only one season. After Marion died in 1961, Jim married Gretchen Stewart the next year and basically retired from entertainment until his death in 1988 age 91. Now sit back and enjoy the November 14th, 1944, and the January 27th, 1953 broadcasts of Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. is a popular room with most families. It probably is with yours. Is it because you ladies are out there so much? Or uh, are the icebox and the things cooking on the stove the great attraction? Oh, that's unkind of me, isn't it? Of course, it's the ladies. Well, at any rate, the kitchen is a popular room and deserves the extra care that most women give it. When linoleum is bright and sparkling, its colors fresh and new-looking, the whole room takes on a more cheerful tone and is a pleasanter place to work in. When you use Johnson's Glow Coat regularly to keep linoleum new-looking, you're actually making it last six to ten times longer. And you're saving yourself hours of work all year because Glow Coat is so easy to use. It's self-polishing and needs no rubbing or buffing. Still, things wipe up in a jiffy. Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat is economical. A little goes a long way. When a man has demonstrated that he isn't very smart in the daytime, there's only one answer. Night school. And here, all excited at the prospect of Fibber's first evening of school, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, this is for me, Molly. The three R's. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. The last time you went to school, it was running and wrestling at recess. (laughs) I was just a kid then. I didn't realize how important an education was. My gosh, I was 23 years old before I knew what was the capital of Guatemala. What is it? Capital G. (laughs) I always thought it was Guatemala with a Q. (laughs) Well, I still don't quite get the idea of this sudden passion for learning. You know why? I'll tell you why. All right. Because the other day, I and a bunch of guys were standing around the cigar store, and they started to talk about inflation. And I made a triple-plated, five-star, rhinestone-studded jackass out of myself. How? This time. Now, one of the guys turns to me and says, What do you think of inflation? Mutton face? Mutton face? Yeah. They call me that on account of I always have a thoughtful look on my face like a sheep, and I usually need a haircut. <laughs> well, what was your answer? The one that shook your uh, self-esteem to its tottering foundation? Well, sir, my gosh. With inflation, I didn't know from nothing. I had to bluff. Yes? 
So I mauls it over in my mind a minute. Then I says kind of cool and casual. Well, boys, I says, I think it'll be a fine thing for the country. <laughs> well, uh, what happened then, Mutton Tree, or uh, Dearie? <laughs> well, it was kind of confused for a few minutes. <laughs> One guy snatches back the cigar he'd just given me. Another guy spits on my shoe and walks out. And the guy that owns the cigar store closes my charge account and tells me to beat it before he reports me to the FBI. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Never so humiliated in my life. My gosh, how did I know there was nothing to be said in favor of inflation? <laughs> McGee, with your gift for getting yourself out on a limb, you should have been a tree surgeon, you should. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth. Well, anyway, that's one of the two reasons I'm starting the night school. What's the other reason? That's a secret. Can't you even tell me? Nope. I can't tell anybody. Now, let me see. I got my pencil box and my ruler. <laughs> my registration card. My first baseman's glove. What's that for? Oh, some of the kids might want to play a little baseball at recess. At night? Oh, my gosh, I forgot that. Well, I'll leave my first baseman's glove here and take my flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> we can play run, sheep, run. <laughs> subjects are you taking, McGee? Well, my particular curlicue consists of English, French, economics, and manual training. McGee, you don't mean curlicue. You mean curriculum. <laughs> you better go to night school yourself, baby. <laughs> Everybody knows curriculum is a style of architecture. The house across the street has got curricular columns on the front porch. No, that's Corinthian. Go on. Corinthian is a flower. <laughs> they wear Corinthians to football games. <laughs> no, no, McGee. We're all confused here. Those are chrysanthemums. Well, then what's a curlicue? A curlicue is a fancy little prairie. Certainly. And if you don't think my going to night school is a fancy little prairie, Sissy, you just... Oh, hello there, Alice. Hi, Mrs. McGee. Hiya, Pop. Hello, Alice. What's the cube root of 3,733, 278? 72. Why? Well, how on earth did you know that, Alice? Creepers. I thought everybody knew simple things like that. Hmm. <laughs> Not me, Alice. I'm dumb. <laughs> Up till a few days ago, I thought a cube root was the bottom part of a box elder. That's why he's starting night school tonight, Alice. And it'll be the first time he ever went to school that he got up in time for. <laughs> hey, are you really going, Pop? What are you taking? Oh, pencil and ruler, flashlight. <laughs> couple of jelly sandwiches. <clears throat> Grape jelly. Alice means uh, what subject, McGee? You know, in your uh, curlicue. <laughs> oh, oh, what subject? Oh, manual training. That's so I can finish a tabaret I started in the seventh grade. <laughs> and English. Basic. I don't know what kind. <laughs> Just so they learn me to talk it correct is all I care. I still make a few mistaken errors in the way I say my grammar. <laughs> oh, not many. You only made seven in the last two sentences. I might take a couple of semesters of French, too, maybe. <laughs> That's a good idea. Then you can ask some waiter why they always bring your Democrats in such a small cup. <laughs> well, some of the night schools have correspondence courses, too. I tried to find one for a boyfriend of mine who's over in Italy in the Army. He used to be a hog caller. Hmm. What kind of a course did he want, Alice? Pig Latin. <laughs> you know, I think night schools are a wonderful institution. Lots of people are too busy to go to school in the daytime. Yeah, like me. Got too much to do. Busy all day long. <laughs> well, down deep Weston, that's a friend of mine that he works at the next bench to me at the airplane factory. Yeah. He went to night school for two years, and creepers, is he ever smart. Mm. Really got something out of it, did he, Alice? Wow, did he? Come 9 p.m., and he's the smartest boy I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you approve of it, Alice. Incidentally, you got a book strap? A what, Pop? A book strap. You know, that you strap around your geography and arithmetic and grammar books and walk home from school swinging them while you try not to step on the cracks in the sidewalk. <laughs> Why don't you use one of your belts, McGee? <laughs> Maybe he hasn't got enough books to fill it out, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> now, just a darn minute, Alice. I reason... Hey, I know where there's a good leather strap. Where, dearie? Right here in the hall. <laughs> It ain't here. Billy Mills and the orchestra play I'll Walk Alone. 
on my first day at night school. Boy, oh boy. Won't you be proud of me when I come home with an education, Molly? I wonder if they'll ask me to join a sorority. <laughs> I hope not. Well, I'm no snob. I got nothing against kids just because they're rich. <laughs> if they tap me on the shoulder and say, Brother, we want you to pledge yourself to Inca Bunka Fox. <laughs> yes, sir, I'll do it. That's all. I'll do it. And you can wear my pin. Oh, thanks, kid. But I doubt very much if the Wistful Vista Night School has any Greek letter fraternity. Mm, I'll bet it will have. I know at least three Greeks that are going this semester. <laughs> There's Harry Depopolis, Nick Saharius, and... Hey, I better find out if my lunch is packed. Hey, Beulah. Oh, Beulah. Somebody bellin' for Beulah? <laughs> Schoolboy was wondering if his lunch is ready, Beulah. Yeah, and I was going to suggest you put in an extra pickle, Beulah. Might want to share my lunch with some other kid. Yeah, sir. And I can unscrew a wheel off the tea cart if you want to roll a hoop to school. Uh, I'm afraid it's too dark, Beulah. I'll just kick a tin can or something. This whole thing is degenerating into simple nonsense. Yeah. What's the second reason you're going to night school, McGee, aside from learning about inflation? Well, my second reason is a very confident... You want to find out about inflation, sir? Huh? Yes, he does, Beulah. Why? Well, for goodness sake, nobody has to pack somebody lunch and sharpen pencils and buy school books just for that. All you got to do is ask somebody. Yeah? <laughs> Who? Me. <laughs> you? You understand about inflation, Beulah? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Of course, there are certain aspects of the problem which eludes me, but I got me a fairly comprehensive grasp of the basic principles. <laughs> Flatten my feet and call me a cop. <laughs> Maybe if you explains it to you, McGee, you can skip the economics course and uh, take basket weaving. <laughs> Break it down for me, Beulah. Yeah, sir. In principle, of course, the whole concept of preventing inflation lies in the control of prices. Therefore, if both the dealer and the consumer place fair with ceiling prices, retail goods will remain at a predetermined and reasonable level. Thus, obviating the necessity of raising wages and extending production costs, which in turn raises prices again. Well, flatten my feet and call me a cop. Yeah, that sounds very reasonable. Yes, um, reducing the problem to an understandable perspective. If the article is ceiling price at 32 cents and you pay 33 cents for it, you is one cent on your way to inflation. Well, flatten my feet and call me a cop. <laughs> Where'd you learn all that stuff, Beulah? <laughs> Night school. Well, I hope it does as much for Mr. McGee as it's done for you, Beulah. Oh, it will, it will. Ah, my first day at night school. <laughs> what a moment. If it ain't too painful or reminiscence, Mr. McGee, how far did you get in public school? He got a high school diploma, Beulah. And regardless of any ugly rumors you might hear... It had nothing to do with his knowing certain facts about the principal and the music teacher. Of course it didn't. Just because a pupil happens to catch the principal, necking with the music teacher, and happens to mention it the day before graduation don't mean the pupil wouldn't have graduated anyway. <laughs> so I've often wondered. As a matter of fact, you on graduation day, when the class marched around the gymnasium, Mr. McGee led the whole senior class. He really did? As president of the class? No, I was the only kid in school who had a drum. Love that man. You know, dearie, I almost wish I was going to night school with you. Is it too late for me to register? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that, Molly. Don't do that. That'll spoil all my plans. Oh, what plans? Never mind. I got a certain project in mind, and I got to do it alone. Oh, all right, but now... Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Molly. Hey, pal, is this the night you start night school? Sure is, Waxy. Ever think of going yourself? <laughs> You're not so smart you couldn't use a little more education. Well, I once thought of trying for my bachelor's degree, but I got married instead. <laughs> Uh, here, pal, here's a little something to take to school with you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gee whiz. Oh, oh, Junior, you shouldn't have done this. Isn't it beautiful, Molly? It really is. Oh, 
a nice big red apple. <laughs> oh, just something to give your teacher, pal. Believe me, it never does any harm. I remember once I took a big red apple to one of my teachers and... Ah, but that's another story. Well, this was certainly thoughtful of you, Junior. And look at it shine. Don't tell me you used... Nope, nope. <laughs> nope, I just rubbed it up a little, that's all. You see, nature protects fruit with a natural wax finish, just like good housekeepers keep their fine possessions protected with Johnson's wax. Just imagine nature being as smart as the Johnson Company. <laughs> and just imagine Waxy lugging an apple clear across town just to drag a sales talk in by the stand. <laughs> Why, that wasn't my idea at all. I just wanted you to get off to a good start at school, that's all. Of course, if your teacher happens to mention the lustrous beauty and protection that a wax finish gives a mere apple, you might toss in a slug for Johnson's wax. Just in passing, of course, so that... Hey, what's the matter, Molly? You don't look happy. Well, I guess I do feel a little sad, Mr. Wilcox. You know how it is with a woman on her little boy's first day at school. <laughs> I guess we just hate to see them grow up. <laughs> Hear you talk, anybody think I'd never been to school before. Well, they'd think so to hear you talk, too, pal. What do you mean by that crack, Waxy? Well, he just means you're a little careless about your grammar, dearie. You're always splitting your infinitive. Well, Dad ratted at the laundry would be a little more careful with him. <laughs> well, happy school days, pal. Good night, Molly. Well, it's getting almost time for you to go. I'll see about your lunch. Be sure you take your registration card and your other... Okay, I'll get it all. Ah, there goes a good kid. To think of her marrying a dumb guy like me. And buying the license herself. <laughs> oh, well, she knew I'd pay her back. And I will, too. <laughs> Hi, George, after I graduate from high school... Come in. Hi, Mister. Oh, hello there, Keeney. I'm sorry I haven't got time to barber with you right now. I don't want to be late for night school. Oh, I... <laughs> I says I haven't got time for any vocal volleyball right now. I don't want to be late for night school. Oh, <laughs> night school. Oh, well, cut it out, sis. This is a serious project with me. I'm after an education. Oh? And if you're a good girl, I'll send you a ticket to the entertainment they give at the end of the year. Oh, what kind of entertainment? <laughs> I don't know, this year... Last year, I understand they put on a puppet show. Oh, gee, I love puppet shows, Mister. <laughs> you do, eh? Hmm? I says you do, eh? Do what? You love puppet shows. I know it. <laughs> I had a little puppet once. His name was Margaret, and he was a wiretail airhead. <laughs> you mean a wire hair airtail or there? If he was an airdale, he couldn't have been a wiretail. <laughs> I said puppet, not pup. This was a puppet. He grew up to be a puppet. <laughs> you don't understand, sis. A puppet is a kind of a doll that somebody manipulates with strings. Sure. Uh-huh. My little puppet was a doll, too. Hmm? Oh, gee, he was cute. Oh, only, only we didn't manipulate him with a string. We had a long leather leash for him. <laughs> leash, not lease. Uh, hmm? I said it's a leash. A lease is what you sign when you rent a house. My papa didn't rent a house. <laughs> we gave him one for nothing. He didn't have any money. Look, sis. My daddy says he didn't even have a cent, except when he got left. <laughs> look, sis. So I hope you do take me to the puppet show, mister. Maybe I could buy another puppet like Margaret, hmm? I tell you, there are no dogs at a puppet show. Well, I bet you they will be when they grow up, I bet you. Now, wait a minute, sis. Let me explain this. Now, look. Hmm? A pup and a puppet are two different things. Are two different things. Yes. A pup is an animal, a living, breathing thing. He eats, he sleeps, he... Be careful, mister. <laughs> There's no sense in prolonging this silly conversation any longer. You're too ignorant to understand. Oh. <laughs> well, what's so funny? I'm ignorant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you have to go to night school, oh, brother. <laughs> Among the islands from week we come, we have a national characteristic which is very strong. Before we put the accent upon the wrong syllable when we sing a tropical song. 
from the island farm, which we come, the point of interest beside the coconut and the sarong. The death we put the accent upon the wrong syllable and we sing a tropical song. We could show the natural wonders of the scenery to you. And we could show the native birds and perhaps give two or three to you. We could describe the climate and also tell the elevation to you. And we could very hastily introduce the population to you. We could show you the hotel and many of the fascinating places. We could take you to the bar where visitors may fall upon their faces. If we only had a track, we could probably take you to the races. But we prefer to acquaint you with the following interesting facts. Upon the island from which we come, we have a national characteristic which is very strong. And if you should remain here, you will discover one peculiar thing before very long. You have put the accent upon the wrong syllable And you will be dancing, humming, singing A tropical song Now, let me see, I got my pencil and my ruler, my lunch, my bean shooter a pen wiper, my book strap. Did you wash your neck and ears after all your first day at night school, you know? Oh, my gosh. What's the matter? A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, C, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Is that right? Perfect. Why? I just wanted to be sure. I hate to get caught not knowing my alphabet the first day at night school. Well, kiss me goodbye, dearie. And don't forget to look both ways now before you cross the street. Oh, come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, my dear. Well, and what's little false face loaded down with? <laughs> Running away from home, Chiselwit? You're going to break a leg jumping to conclusions one of these days. Doctor, if you'll pardon the expression. And on you, it'll look good. Himself here starting night school tonight, Doctor. Night school? Well, hypomydermic. <laughs> yes, night school and snare if you want to, you big pulse pincher. Just because you haven't learned anything new in the last 20 years, don't make any snide remarks about somebody else wanting to improve his mind. Why, my dear boy, I'm heartily in favor of your improving your mind. In fact, I've recommended it many times. You certainly can't lose anything by trying it, Doctor. I should say not. And think what a thrill he's going to get when he learns to write his own name without help. <laughs> okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. Be right. Goodbye, George. Hey, what time is it? You've still got three quarters of an hour. I never saw a kid so anxious to get to school. What are you studying, McGee? Well, he wants, for one thing, to study the causes and effects of inflation, Doctor. Oh, he does, mm -hmm. does he? Well, I can explain that so that even he can understand just a matter of teaming up to keep prices down, that's all. If prices stay down, the cost of things stays down. Prices go up, costs go up. Then prices go up again and climb in, kids, we're off to the poorhouse. I don't know why you can't understand that. Don't bother your big fat skull about what I can't understand, you big fever lover. Why, <laughs> I can always... Hey, how about driving me over to school, Doc? Can't. Get in bed with the racing board. Why but... would you, Doctor? Getting rid of McGee for three hours would definitely be considered pleasure driving. <laughs> Besides, I gotta... Hey, look at the time. I gotta go. So long, Molly. So long, Wait a minute, Molly. McGee. Kiss me goodbye. Okay. <laughs> oh, come over to the window, Doctor. Look, isn't he sweet? Trudging off to school like a little man. It breaks my heart to see him grow up so fast. Don't worry, don't worry. He'll still be a little boy if he gets to be nine feet high. Ah, <laughs> uh, get a load of him. Marching along with a big fat cigar in his little fat mouth. I wish I knew what his other reason was for going to night school. Another reason? What a day in history this is. Imagine him having one good reason for anything to say nothing of two. Oh, he isn't so bad, Doctor. Ah, uh, I know he isn't. You don't know what it says to me to be able to drop in on him and take turns spinning each other's ears back. Oh, that reminds me. I have a mastoid operation waiting for me at the hospital. Good night, my dear. Good night, Doctor. Hello? Hello? Is this you, Dr. Gamble? Uh, yeah, uh, this is Molly McGee speaking. Yes, Doctor, I'm frantic. Look, I called up night school to tell McGee he forgot to take his regi uh, registration card. I'm all frustrated here. And they say he never got there. And it's almost 10 o'clock. You will? Oh, thank you, Doctor. 
Yes, I'll meet you at the police station. Hurry now, won't you? And you checked all the hospitals, Sergeant? Yeah, that we did, that we did. And furthermore, ma'am, and doctor, we haven't seen the little man since he was leaning for an instant's very desk one year ago, trying to explain to the lieutenant why he was trying to claim the flagpole in the front of the public library. The answer being, he wondered if the ball at the top was really gold. <laughs> Mrs. McGee, he hasn't been in the theater tonight, and everybody's gone now. Are you sure? He has a habit of dropping in wherever Heavenly Days is playing because he likes to hear himself sing. And he wants to know about inflation. Well, come on, Molly. We'll stop at the Elks Club and ask all the boys. I guess I'm not supposed to go in, am I, Doctor? Oh, wives are permitted to wait in the lobby, Molly. Come on. Dear, oh dear, I'm so worried. I hope one of the men here has seen him. Well, I'll go in and ask if anybody has... Wait a minute. Listen. Okay, fellas. I'll take the eight ball in the corner pocket. Combination shot on the 11 and 6. That's him, all right. Behind the eight ball, as usual. Hey, the dog's gone and missed again. Oh, well. Have another jelly sandwich, Ozzy. Have a pickle, Ed. Get him out here, Doctor. With pleasure. Hey, McGee, come here a minute. Huh? Oh, hi, Doc. Excuse me a minute, fellas. Be right back. What's the matter, Doc? Is oh, oh, hi, Molly. McGee. Huh? Why didn't you go to school? I didn't want to. <laughs> I thought you had two good reasons for going. I did. And this was the second reason. Explain that, Sonny. Okay, I will. All my life, I've wanted to play hooky from school without getting my bloomers blistered when I got home. <laughs> I finally did it. So... furniture and woodwork are wax protected, the first thing you think of is how beautiful it all is. That rich wax protected look is really something to admire and be proud of. When I enter such a home, I think how well protected all those surfaces are, and I salute the lady of the house for being such a good housekeeper. She has learned the value of protective housekeeping. Protective housekeeping with Johnson's Wax. Let me list briefly the benefits you'll receive from regular applications of Johnson's Wax to the floors, furniture, woodwork, and other surfaces in your home. First, you protect your things. Make them last longer. The coat of wax takes the wear. The surface underneath is safe. Second, you save yourself hours and days of work because waxed surfaces are so easy to keep clean. Third, you have a healthier home because a waxed home is a clean home. And last but not least, every application of Johnson's Wax adds greater beauty to your entire home. Ladies and gentlemen, we had fun with inflation tonight, but there won't be much comedy in inflation if it comes. And it needn't come at all. Because while it's a very real danger, the prevention is comparatively simple. Whenever you buy things in a store, check the prices with the ceiling price posters. The responsibility rests with both the retailers and the customers. And we know everybody will back up our fighting services by fighting against the increase of prices at home. Remember, there's a certain paper hanger who hopes we'll neglect our ceiling. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson White Finishes for Home and Industry, and inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. The Reynolds Aluminum Program with Sibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Metals Company, makers of Reynolds Aluminum, presents Sibber McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler, and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Fly over America's farmlands, and you'll see a spectacular demonstration of Reynolds Lifetime Aluminum. Those shining buildings on the landscape are aluminum. They're the mark of modern barns and silos that the farmer will never have to paint because aluminum never rusts. 
They're the mark of prosperous farms where milk yield is high, where livestock and poultry thrive. Because heat-reflecting aluminum keeps farm buildings cooler in summer, warmer in winter. Now, come down for a close-up of these farms. You'll see aluminum farm gates, so popular because they're very strong, yet light to hang and light to open. Out in the fields, Reynolds Aluminum Irrigation Pipe tells you here's another farmer who gets more income per acre with portable irrigation. Yes, from the ground to the shining cap of the silo, you'll see more and more Reynolds Aluminum doing a better job. Let it shine on your farm. For 24 hours, it's been snowing in Wistful Vista. And for 24 hours, a certain citizen has been beefing about it. (laughs) The snow has stopped now, but the certain citizen is still going strong as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. Yes, sir, that's what it is. It's a big, fat, cold mess, kiddo. That's what it is. Now, McGee, a little snow won't hurt you. Come on, get your overcoat and let's take a walk. No, sir, not me. I ain't going out in that snow and get chill blains. I ain't sure where my blains are, but I'm going to stay inside and keep the chill off of them anyway. Well, I can't understand why you dislike snow. Just look at that row of trees all draped with snow. Isn't that a charming picture? Oh, sure, real charming. Looks like a squad of tall soldiers drilling in their long underwear. Well, now, if that's all you... Heavenly day. Look at that icicle. What icicle? Where? What icicle? Hanging from the corner of our roof. Oh, wow. It's the biggest one I've ever laid eyes on. My gosh, that is a whopper. It must be ten feet long. Easily, and big around as a telephone pole. Oh, oh, boy. I'll bet there's not another one like it in town. Or anywhere else. Boy, there's enough ice in that thing to keep your Uncle Dennis in highballs for a whole weekend. <laughs> you know, McGee, the Whistful Vista Gazette would probably like to take a picture of it. That's a remarkable icicle. Say, what an idea. A front-page picture with me standing there beside it. Trevor McGee and his giant icicle. (laughs) I thought you wouldn't go outside in the cold. Took you to get my picture in the paper, I'd shinny up the North Pole in my birthday suit. (laughs) I believe you would. Hey, maybe they'd take a whole flock of pictures. I'll call the Gazette and tell them to send a photographer over. And as soon as he gets here, we'll... Hold it, company. Come in. the door real easy. We got a giant icicle hanging from my roof, and I don't want nothing to shake it loose. I saw that icicle. It ain't so much. I suppose you've seen bigger. Many's the time, Johnny, when I was a sweet doe up in Alaska. Isn't that a sourdough? I put sugar in mine, daughter. (laughs) And you saw bigger icicles than the one I got? Johnny, things was big up there. Uh... I mind one time I walked for three miles when I stopped. I was still on the same snowflake. (laughs) Well, now, how could that be? Stuck to my shoe, daughter. (laughs) You want to know what I think? I don't think you were ever in Alaska at all, at all. Why, Johnny, you wound me. (laughs) Me and my partner traveled all over Alaska in a dog sled. We went from Fairbanks to Cloudbanks and from Nome... Clean up to Yesham. <laughs> Care to hear about the gold we come across by accident? No, no, I don't think well, we... Well, sir, have, no. me and my partner found an Eskimo that was lost and hadn't ate for a week. We gave him some of that fat stuff. He cut off a whale. Lover cried like a baby. <laughs> Of gratitude, he told us where we could find this gold, but he warned us it wouldn't do us no good. Did you get it anyhow? Yes, but the Eskimo was right. Yeah. We took that gold back home, the government wouldn't let us spend a bit of it. Why not? The gold was so cold we couldn't thaw it out. The government said it was frozen assets. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Mills to the orchestra, and bye-bye, Blues. 
Ah, just look at that beautiful icicle. It's going to get our picture in tomorrow's paper. That just shows you what a little foresight can do for a guy, Molly. Foresight? Well, certainly. Remember last October when you kept harping at me day and night to clean the leaves out of the gutters? Yes, I do. They're still there, too. Right. If I'd have cleaned them gutters out, where would the melting snow that made this icicle be now? Down the drain. That's what I mean by foresight, Gil. <laughs> Just because I was thoughtful enough not to clean out them gutters, we got an icicle that's going to make us famous in the Wistful Vista Gazette. Hmm. When is the photographer coming? Four o'clock, they said. Well, I hope he isn't late, because in case you haven't noticed it, it's turning warmer on. What? Come in. Oh, good afternoon, Dr. Gamble. Good afternoon, my dear. And a frigid look at you, dipper mouth. Hi, Stuart Sack. <laughs> Loosen your girdle and relax a while, bad boy. Your hospitality overwhelms me, son, but I can't stay. Good. Just passing by and saw that icicle out there. That's quite a protection. You betcha. Twice your height and probably half your weight. <laughs> the Gazette is coming to take a picture of it at four o'clock, Doctor. Four o'clock? Oh, that's too bad. It'll never last. What do you mean, never last? Well, the wind is from the south, my boy. That thing will fall off of there in a couple of hours. Ah, oh, I say that icicle will still be up there at four o'clock. You want to bet? Five bucks? It's a bet. Good, good. Just a minute, boys. There'll be no gambling in this house unless the winner gives his winnings to the March of Dimes. Well, that's a good idea, Molly. Right. Walk on tiptoe until four o'clock, kiddo, so we don't shake the house too either. You know, it was so cold outside that my feet got numb. Is that all? Yeah, I better stamp them on the floor and restore the circulation. Oh, hey, cut that out! Big fat cheater. Karen, <laughs> you know it. Yeah, you're right, McGee. It was a trick of a cat. I'll go home now and be back at four to see who won. What time's it, kiddo? Half past eleven and our icicle is still there. <laughs> Thanks, I'm scared to look myself. You know, I believe it's getting a little colder. What's the uh, thermometer say? Ten below zero. Heavenly days, is it that cold? No, the thermometer ain't accurate. I put it in the refrigerator to keep my courage up. <laughs> what time is it, Derry? Quarter to one and the icicle's holding tight. I'll show Doc Gamble how much he knows. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Now, take it easy closing that door. I got a bet with Doc Gamble on how long that big icicle will stay up out there. Okay. Hey, that's quite a hunk of hard water hanging there, pal. Yes, the Gazette is uh, sending a photographer out at 4 o'clock, Mr. Wilcox. Going to take a picture of it. Hey, that's a coincidence, Molly. I just left the Gazette office. Had a little hassle with the managing editor. You did? What's the hassle about, Junior? Oh, he ran a story on the weather that I didn't like. Ooh. I went down and straightened him out good. Yeah? Really talked turkey, did you? No, we talked aluminum, pal. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, Reynolds aluminum, to be exact. We could have guessed that. He ran a story yesterday, and I can quote it exactly, that said, The current cold spell in Wistful Vista makes it a bit difficult to heat our homes properly. And brother, I hit the ceiling. Oh, well, that seems like a harmless statement, Mr. Wilcox. I went into that editor and I said, are you kidding? What do you mean difficult, I said. Why, any rum-dum knows the best and most economical way to keep your house warm in the winter is have your walls and ceiling insulated with Reynolds aluminum reflective insulation. Yeah, well, in newspapers... Reynolds insulation gives you more warmth with less fuel, I said. Because it reflects the heat rays from your furnace back into the room where they belong, I said. Well, I'm sure... I leaned right over his desk. Right over his desk. And I said, look, you can personally carry home enough Reynolds aluminum insulation to put over the ceiling of a six-room house. And at a cost of only about $40, I said. So don't be saying it's hard to heat your home. That's just stupid, I said. That's just stupid. Hey, 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 Junior. Stop beating on that table. If you jar my icicle, we'll... Oh, I'm sorry, pal. Anyway, this editor just kind of looked at me. He didn't even get up. Probably couldn't get up. He probably scared the pants off me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyhow, that's what happened. The man agreed to buy some Reynolds insulation, and I gave him $40 and left. You gave him $40? To repair his desk. I broke two legs off it. (laughs) Goodbye, Al. How's the icicle? Is it okay? Still up there. My, it really is a big one, isn't it, dear? You said it. Reminds me of the icicle I once seen on Stickle Stickle Works in Joya. <laughs> I never heard about that one. You see, Bill Stickle was a pickle tycoon, and Bill Stickle's Bill Pickles were famous. 
Yeah, but about the icicle. Well, it started with the pickle down the roof of Stickle's Pickle Works, and the Stickle's Pickle Packers seen it coming, so they stopped packing pickles and watched the icicle till old Bill Stickle got sore. <laughs> no sense of humor, huh? No, well, it didn't exactly tickle Stickle to see the icicle because the output of pickles slowed down to a trickle. <laughs> So Stickle took a pickle and chopped down the icicle, and the Packers all went back to packing pickles. Say, did he pack bread and butter pickles? Because that's the kind of... <laughs> Come in, gently. Oh, hello, Ollie. Well, hello, Mrs. This is Tim McGee. Did you see that big icicle out there? Yeah, yeah, we know. And close that door gently. Doc Gamble bet me it'll come loose and fall down by 4 o'clock. Oh, the doctor makes a silly bet. This door stood up there for years. You couldn't shook it loose if you tried. Look. Um, no, no, Ollie. Not the door. The icicle. Dad ran it if you shake it. Oh, let me look. How is it, sweetheart? It's still up there. Excuse my goodness. That was kind of silly of me. I, I thought you meant the door would fall down. That's a good joke on me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad you got such a fine sense of humor. But the Simpsons always did have a good sense of humor, McGee. Back in Sweden, my cousin's school, he, he was quite a cut-up. Really? Every night, school would go to see his girl, missus. He'd knock on the front door, and his girl would holler, Who's outside? And he'd holler, Baby, it's school outside. <laughs> he, he was a very amusing fellow. Mm. He sounds like sort of a Swedish Fred Mitney. <laughs> to him, Ollie. Probably too late to do any good. That cousin school, he came to this country and fell in love with a girl over here, McGee. Oh. She, she was a college girl. Oh? School asked her to marry him, but she said, not unless you go to Yale. So? Well, to a Swede like cousin school, Yale don't mean college, it means the who's car. <laughs> so he kicks a policeman, they put him in Yale, and the girl wouldn't even come to see him on Wednesday. Day. <laughs> so long, both you guys. Goodness, he went out quiet. My gosh, the way people come in here and try to tear this house down, that icicle never will stay up till four o'clock. One more jar is liable to do it. Yeah. See, let's lock the front door and just sit quietly until four. Well, yeah. if we lock the door, the next guy would beat it down with a sledgehammer. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. It's starting to freeze outside again. Oh, boy, if this works, that icicle will stay up there till summer. What is it? What's the idea? Well, if I take a hose and connect it to the... Uh, I'll fix it first, and I'll show you, kiddo. Where's our garden hose? Hose? Why, I think you... Oh, I know. I put it away for the winter right here in the hall closet. Oh, no. Don't open that hose. Oh. Oh. Get this dead red moose head off my neck. <laughs> King Sam and so in love.
way it works. Look up there on the roof, Molly. What is it? I got a hose connected to the laundry tub, see? Out through the basement window and up over the roof. And it's dripping nice and slow on my giant icicle. Oh, for goodness sake. Now, the thermometer's down to about 20 now, and as fast as that water drips onto the icicle, it freezes solid. Ah, American ingenuity, wistful vista time. <laughs> you betcha. Old Fats Gamble has to get up pretty early in the morning to win a bet for me, kiddo. By George, I'm not... Well... It's too cold out here for me. Come on in the house. No, you go ahead. I'm going to stay out here and guard my icicle, Molly. I only got about 20 minutes more to win my bet. You notice how it's growing? The icicle? Getting bigger? Yeah. Looks the same to me, though. Big, wet, and cold. Mm. Don't catch cold now. Okay. Now, there goes a good kid. And lucky, too. (laughs) How many women does she know whose husbands have got the brains and ingenuity to figure out a deal like this just to win a $5 bet? For that matter, how many of them would want to? (laughs) I'm the type of guy. Hi, mister. Oh, my. Hi. Hello there, Keeney. Pull up the front step and sit down. Okay. (laughs) What you doing, mister? What you doing? Watch it. Oh, I'm keeping an eye on that icicle, sis. So don't fall. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Gee, that must be the biggest icicle in the world, I bet you. Sure. Easy. Mm-hmm. Mister, hmm? what makes icicles? Hmm? What makes them? Hmm? What makes them icicles? <laughs> you mean to tell me you don't know how icicles got invented? Mm-mm. You don't know about young Jack Frost and the beautiful snow princess? No, I don't, mister. Tell it to me, will you? Go on, tell it. Hmm. Well, you just settle back there and rest your snowsuit, sis, and I'll tell you. Oh, boy. That's sorry. <laughs> well, sir, once upon a time... I've heard it. <laughs> you hadn't heard this one because I hadn't even made it up yet. Now, listen. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time, there was a big snow castle out past Dugan's Lake. And a beautiful young snow princess lived there with her wicked old father, King Burr. Oh, he sounds mean, mister. He sounds awful mean. He was a very cold character, sir. In fact, he was the only king I ever heard of who had a square heart. Oh? On account of because it was made out of an ice cube. Uh. <laughs> now, the little snow princess was in love with a poor but honest young fellow from the village here by the name of Jack Frost. Uh. Jack done odd jobs around town, like painting the leaves red and gold and helping the pumpkins to get ripe for Thanksgiving and putting the bite on people who went out without their mittens. He done a lot of artwork on the side, too, like lace designs on window panes and Touching up spider webs and all stuff like that there. I love Jack Frost, I betcha. I, I think he's wonderful. Well, the little snow princess loved him too, but old King Burr said he wasn't going to have his daughter marrying any poverty-struck artist, and he gave poor Jack the cold shoulder. Oh. So the kids decided to elope and get married, and one night off they went. Oh, boy. <laughs> was she pretty, mister? Was she? She was lovely, sis. Her hair was full of moonlight. And she was wearing a string of pearls on a cobweb. And Jack, had put, Jack had put stars in her eyes. And she, she was beautiful. <sighs> but old King Burr heard about him eloping, and he got his army together and took out after him. And right where this house is now, they caught Jack Frost and his princess. Oh, the poor kid. Old King Burr and his whole army were just about to grab him when all at once it happened. This is the good part now. This is the good part, huh? Their fairy godmother saw the trouble they were having, and she stepped in and waved her magic wand and zingle. The wicked king and his whole army turned into icicles. Oh, goody. Then she waved her wand again, and all the icicles turned into little drips. Naturally, nobody wants a bunch of little drips hanging around, so they just sort of disappeared. And Jack Frost and his princess lived happily ever after. I'm glad. But just to remind us what happened to wicked old King Burr, the fairy godmother waves her wand every winter. And right over there by the house, you'll see a big icicle. King size. <laughs> King Burr. 
Do you like that story? Thank you. That was just a wonderful story, Mr. McGee. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's so much more interesting than our teacher's theory of what causes icicles, I betcha. Hmm? Our teacher claims that an icicle is just a natural manifestation of nature. Well, uh... Caused by excessive moisture, such as melting snow. Yeah, but... Followed by periods of alternate thawing, please thus crystallizing the moisture into a solidified tendon shape, or... Icicle. <laughs> Where will I tell her about old King <laughs> So long, Master. So long. Still think that kid's a midget. <laughs> oh, hey, I almost forgot my own icicle. Ah, oh, still hanging there, nice and solid. I thought it ought to be bigger by now, though. That's odd. It's cold out here, but the thing don't seem hey, to... Hey, McGee, aren't you frozen huh? by now? No, I'm watching that icicle till Doc gets here. Five more minutes and I win five bucks. See, I wanted to ask you about the hose you've got rigged up to the laundry tub. Yeah? When you turn that... Oh, thing... hold it, kid. Hold it. Here comes Doc Gamble. Yeah, but McGee, I want to tell you... Don't let Dr. Eustace... How's the icicle, brought, Ted? Did it fall yet? <laughs> Listen to him, Molly. He's looking right at it. You can see it hasn't fell. Well, fork over your fin, fish face. You just lost a bet. Take it easy, Grabby. Huh? It's only five minutes till four, and I'll pay off at four o'clock and not sooner. Matter of fact, that thing still looks shaky to me. <laughs> Don't worry. It's stuck up there good. And you're stuck, too. McGee, it is getting smaller, and I'm trying to tell you... Smaller? Oh... Oh, my gosh, it does look like it's got... Look at it. Oh. Steam coming off of it. Hey, what? How can that be? It's way below freezing hey. here. And... Oh, my gosh. It's melting. Look at it. Look at that. It fell. It did fall. I won. Oh, no. That's impossible. How could this happen? Very easily. Huh? I've been trying to tell you when you hooked up the hose to the laundry tub, you turned on the hot water. <laughs> Go fill the tub for me, will you? I want to soak my head. <laughs> Molly return in a moment. One of the modern trends in American meal planning is casserole cookery. More and more housewives are turning to easy-to-fix casseroles like uh, delicious macaroni and cheese. But always one of the housewife's chores has been scouring the crust out of that casserole afterward. What's the answer? Why, Reynolds Wrap, of course. The original and genuine, the pure aluminum foil. Line your casseroles with Reynolds Wrap. A good way is to mold the foil around the outside of the dish. Then take that aluminum shell and place it inside the casserole, smoothing it around to make your lining. Let enough of the edges stick up so that afterwards you can fold them down to cover what's left over. Do this, and you'll never scour a casserole again. Get Reynolds Wrap at your grocers in standard 25-foot rolls, jumbo economy rolls, 75 feet, also heavy-duty Reynolds Wrap, half a yard wide. Made by the Reynolds Metals Company, world's largest producers of aluminum foil. McGee, you'd better call the Gazette office and tell that photographer not to come. Yeah, I guess so. Hand me the phone. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful bits of Gazette, you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Myrtle? Tis, eh? What's that, Mert? Your father. Tossed in the jug, eh? Oh, dear. Arrested, was he? No, he went out to a farm and bought a gallon of apple cider and paid a buck for the cider and they tossed in the jug. How's <laughs> <laughs> that, Mert? Oh, okay. Line's out of order. Icicles. <laughs> Metals Company, pioneers of progress through aluminum, bring you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Reynolds Aluminum also brings you Mr. Peepers, starring Wally Cox on NBC Television Sunday night. 
to your local paper for time and channel. And don't forget to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.